your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 271 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order. Going to obviously talk about the Rangers' very much improved performance against the New York Islanders on Saturday. I think that pretty much goes without saying. That's probably the understatement of the century. But the Rangers, after getting shut out 4 nothing by this very same Islander team on Thursday, they bounce back with a big 5 to nothing win on Saturday. Couple of goals from Buchnevich, couple of goals from Panarin, Capocacco also lighting the lamp, and Alex Georgiev posting a shutout. So just a phenomenal bounce-back performance, a complete 180 from opening night. And I think a Ranger fans... A lot of us probably feeling a heck of a lot better after Saturday than we were feeling after Thursday. But one thing I wanted to mention before we get into, you know, talking about the Ranger game and all the lineup shuffling and everything like that, we'll talk about uh, Tony D'Angelo being a healthy scratch. We'll talk about Capo Caco moving down the lineup. And again, all the different defense pairings, all the different line combos. I do want to say a happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everyone listening to this. Uh, obviously, it goes without saying, one of the most important people in the history of this country. His speeches were just incredible. You know, everybody knows about the I have a dream speech, and rightfully so. It's absolutely phenomenal. But that was not, you know, the exception. I mean, every one of his speeches were that powerful and that thought-provoking. And, uh, you know, obviously, again, just one of the most important people in the history of our country. And a happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everyone. And uh, hopefully you have the day off from work and uh, are able to relax a little bit today. But let's go ahead, dive into this Ranger game here. First of all, we got to talk about everything that happened before the puck actually dropped. That includes Capo Caco being moved from the second line down to the third line, and Alexi Lafreniere being moved from the left wing on the third line up to the right wing on the second line. So Lafreniere getting a chance in just his second game to play with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. And, you know, it's unfortunate. I think Capo Caco, I don't think he did anything egregiously wrong on opening night against the Islanders. He just was maybe a little bit passive. At the same time, you could probably say that about pretty much every player on the team on opening night. But one thing that uh, Kako had going against him, so to speak, there was a play on opening night against the Islanders where uh, Artemi Panarin was behind the goal line. He passed in front to the slot to Kako, and Kako probably should have buried this one. I mean, it's hard to say for sure, but he's in prime scoring real estate. There's not an Islander really all that close to him, and uh, it looked like he had a good uh, portion of the net that was open, so he probably should have put that one away, wasn't able to do it, and even after that happened, he kind of, uh, you know, kind of pulled his head, you know, kind of hung his head. I don't really know how to explain it, but just kind of an exasperated look on Kako where uh, it's kind of like, man, I really should have put that one away, but be that as it may, we get the changes, uh, and we'll go through the line combos here little by little. Uh, so the top line, the only one that does not change, you got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich on Saturday against the Islanders. Uh, line two, as we just mentioned, is different. Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Alexi Lanfranier, who moves up. And then the third line, this is interesting, you've got Philip Hedl, who is the only person on the third line from the first game that's there on the second game. He's joined on the left wing by Philip DiGiuseppe and on the right wing by Capo Caco. As we mentioned, Capo Caco moves down, and Phil DiGiuseppe is in the lineup for Kevin Rooney. Uh, Rooney suffered an apparent injury, an undisclosed injury is what they're calling it, on opening night against the New York Islanders. He was involved in just kind of a, an awkward collision and just fell to the ice 
in a very strange way. Uh, so that we hope that he's okay, obviously. But it could be touch and go between Di Giuseppe and Kevin Rooney, as we talked about, as far as who's in the lineup and who's out of the lineup. But interesting that they start Philip Di Giuseppe on the third line. And this is something that we talked about. We did our best case and worst case scenarios for every player on the Rangers coming into the season. And something with Phil Di Giuseppe in a best case scenario is that he just continues to be kind of this swingman, this utility player for the Rangers, this guy that they feel they can move up and down the lineup pretty seamlessly and just put him with any two line mates. There is some value to a player like that, somebody who you feel really good about putting him with any two players on any line in the lineup. And Di Giuseppe was good in this game. The effort is always there. He also assisted on Capocacco's first goal of the season. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. It's unfortunate to me that Julian Gauthier had to move down the lineup because the fourth line, if we move down there, you've got Brett Howden centering Brennan Lemieux and Julian Gauthier. And I thought Gauthier actually played pretty well on opening night against the Islanders. Maybe it's because, you know, the team played so poorly as a whole that anybody who did anything somewhat productive was going to stand out a little bit in a positive way. But be that as it may, it's unfortunate that Gautier was kind of a casualty of everything else the Rangers were doing with their line combinations here because, you know, you look at this and it's like, well, why did they move Gautier down? I, th- I thought he played pretty well on opening night. But then, you know, Pavel Buchnevich, he's on the top line. And then Alexi Lafreniere, he moves from the left wing to the right wing on the second line. And then Capo Caco. I mean, who, which one of these players are you going to put Gautier in front of, especially this early in the season? So it's unfortunate that he had to move down. But again, I thought that fourth line played pretty well together in this game. And Gautier himself actually came close to scoring twice. He is so close to getting his first career goal. That's something I tweeted out during the game on Saturday. But Gautier, he was involved in a scramble. He couldn't quite put the puck home. And then there was an instance later in the game, he took a shot from the right faceoff circle, rang it off the crossbar, and it went out of play. So he is close. He he is very close to scoring his first career goal. And uh, obviously, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it happens sooner rather than later. And then if you want to move to the defenseman, you've got that this is completely different as well. So first of all, Tony D'Angelo scratch. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a second here. But the top pairing is now Ryan Lindgren and Jacob Truba. And when I first heard this, I mean, I like both these guys a lot. I thought these were the best two defensemen for the Rangers on opening night. And they continued to play well in this game as well. Truba was really, really good in this game on Saturday. But anyone who's been listening to this show, you guys know that I'm a big, big fan of the Lindgren-Fox pairing. I just think it works. I just think the two of them click together. They're roommates this season. They really both exceeded expectations as rookies last year, and I think they just complement each other well. Adam Fox, kind of this dynamic two-way defenseman, and Ryan Lingering, kind of this old-school, uh, big, bruising, scrapper defenseman, and I just I just love the dynamic there. So they broke the two of them up, but they put Lingren with Truba. Now, you talk about a defense pairing with some snarl if you want to look at this in a positive light. I mean, both those guys are going to bring the physicality night in and night out, so maybe that works. I mean, maybe you keep the two of them together for a while. Truba's going for some kind of a record. I mean, as far as... Uh, the amount of different defense partners that he's had in just one season and two games with the New York Rangers. Basically, if you've worn a Ranger jersey in the last two years and you play defenseman, you've probably been partners with Jacob Truba at one time or another. But uh, be that as it may, that was listed as the top pairing. And then the second pairing, and this one kind of made me groan a little bit, you had Jack Johnson and Adam Fox. And I'm thinking like, man, really? Like, we're going to do this to Adam Fox? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really, really not. It's just, you look at this team, you look at the defenseman options that they have, and I think Jack Johnson, I would put him probably as the seventh best option right now. I think on most nights this season, you might be looking at a situation where Jack Johnson is the healthy scratch. Now, granted, that has not happened yet. He's been in the lineup for each of these first two games uh, on opening night in place of Brandon Smith, and then in this game in place of Tony D'Angelo, who, as we mentioned, was benched. But I just can't imagine a scenario where this pairing is going to stay together forever. I mean, we'll see. They obviously, the Rangers played a great game on Saturday, so maybe uh, you just don't touch it. You don't mess with success, and the two of them are back out there together on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that this Johnson-Fox pairing is going to last forever, but we'll see. We'll see how it 
shakes out going forward. And then the third pairing, Keandre Miller and Brennan Smith. And man, what a difference a game can make for a, a guy like Keandre Miller. Uh, there was a play early in this game, and it's not... This is not like a highlight real play. It's not something you're going to see on top 10 plays on any different sports network, whatever it might be. If Ke'Andre Miller ends up making an all-star team or a couple of all-star teams in his career, you're not going to see this on his highlight reel either. But there was a play early in this game that to me just kind of signified that like Ke'Andre Miller just feels so much better. He's so much more relaxed, so much more comfortable. So the puck is you know behind the Ranger goal line. Ke'Andre Miller swoops in. He picks it up. He goes behind the Ranger net, and there's an Islander going in there aggressively on the forecheck. And they're aware, you know, this guy's a rookie. He was a little bit shaky on opening night. Let, let's try to mess with him a little bit. I'm sure the Islanders are aware of this. So Miller's going behind the net. The Islander is looking to meet him on the other side of the net. And he's going to, you know, probably put a hit on him, try to knock the puck loose, maybe force him into making a bad pass and turning the puck over. He's going to put some pressure on Ke'Andre Miller. That's the bottom line. But Ke'Andre, what he does is... As he gets behind the net, he hits the brakes. He just completely stops on a dime. The Islander then also has to stop on a dime. And then Miller, in in just a blink of an eye, is basically right back at full speed, going in the same direction that he was initially going. But by hitting the brakes there, he forced the Islander to kind of peel off a little bit, to kind of lay off on the pressure. And then Miller passes the puck up the boards, and the Rangers carry the puck out of the zone. And again, this is not like a Hall of Fame, real, worthy play or anything like that, but you just see Ke'Andre Miller make a play like this early in the game, and it just, wow, like he looks a lot more confident. He looks a lot more relaxed. He looks like he's trusting his instincts. I don't know if maybe the coaches spoke to him or, or a certain coach talked to him and said, hey, man, just trust your instincts. Maybe a teammate talk to him a little bit but regardless of the reason why Keandre Miller again just looking a lot more relaxed a lot more comfortable maybe it was just first game jitters maybe it's just as simple as that maybe he got all the anxiousness and all the nerves out of his system on opening night he had to be out there for a few shifts give a hit take a hit get involved in the game just kind of remember hey it's still hockey you know yes this is hockey at the highest level but it's still hockey still the game he's been playing his entire career but Keandre Miller just looked a world better in this game there was actually another instance where Miller retrieved the puck in his own zone, and again, another Islander kind of breathing down his neck. They were near the uh, right faceoff circle there, and Miller just, with a spin move to his right, and just got the guy off of him right away, and then he made a pass across the ice to Brennan Smith. Basically, what he did is he just shot the puck parallel with the blue line over to the other side of the Rangers zone, which kind of seems like a random thing to do, but I think Andre Miller read the play very well here and realized that, hey, I can just play the puck off the boards over there and Brandon Smith is going to be able to go get it before any Islander gets anywhere near it. So again, Keandre Miller trusting his instincts, just looking like a brand new player in this game on Saturday. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The NFL regular season has concluded, and there are some big time playoff matchups right around the corner. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED ON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. Once again, that is promo code Locked On in all caps and you will get your sign-up bonus. Hashtag bet online. 
Going to get back to talking about this epic 5-0 Ranger win here on Saturday night in just a second here. But first, just wanted to let you guys know about what's coming up later in the week. Uh, for starters, tomorrow, the plan is we are going to be doing a crossover episode with Mr. Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils. Uh, just going to be talking about the Rangers-Devils game, giving you guys a little bit of a preview. Uh, the puck is set to drop on that one on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. So Trey and I are actually going to be recording a little bit later today on Monday, and then that'll be the episode for Tuesday. Always a good time talking with Trey, knows his stuff, and uh, definitely looking forward to that episode. But getting back to this awesome Ranger win, this awesome bounce back win here. Or Well, actually, let's go ahead and first talk a little bit about the decision to make Tony D'Angelo a healthy scratch. And our first hint to that, well, I suppose the first hint came on Thursday after Tony D'Angelo took a holding penalty and then also an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So he was in the box for four minutes. Uh, I don't think he saw the ice after that, or if he did, it was very, very sparingly. And so that was the first hint that D'Angelo might be in the doghouse. And then at practice, he was out there with a taxi squad rather than uh, what we will call, I guess, the varsity roster, so to speak. So it was looking like, wow, Quinn's not messing around. He really might pull D'Angelo out of the lineup for the second game here. And that's indeed what happens. Look, I do not agree with this move. I think that, look, did Tony D'Angelo have a good game on Thursday on opening night against the New York Islanders? No, he did not. But how many Rangers did have a good game? And if you look at the defenseman, I would argue that on opening night, D'Angelo was probably the third best defenseman on the ice. When you look at the total package, I would say Truba and Lindgren, in no particular order, were probably the best two defensemen on opening night. I thought D'Angelo, you know, he had a turnover that wasn't so good. I mean, I guess that also probably got him into Quinn's doghouse. And he obviously took the two penalties. But he also, as far as the positives go, I thought he looked really good uh, kind of running point on the New York Ranger power play. And I know the Rangers went 0 for 3 on the power play. It was not the best night for the man advantage, but they at least maintained possession. And I thought D'Angelo was making good choices with the puck. He was passing to the open guy, moving the puck around quickly, trying to get something set up. I thought he did a nice job on the power play. And you take him off the ice, you're losing you know, a valuable piece of that man advantage. And the Rangers, you know, in this game against the Islanders, as great as they were, they scored the five goals. And we'll talk about the goals in just a second as well. But... One for eight on the power play, and maybe something was missing not having D'Angelo out there, not having him to sort of run point on the power play and set guys up for goals, as we so often saw him do last season. And I know Quinn wants to instill some discipline in these guys, and he doesn't want this to be the team that takes a bunch of stupid penalties like they did last season. You don't want to just lean on the fact that they're young as a crutch if you're David Quinn, and so maybe that's a way of sending a message to his team by making Tony D'Angelo a healthy scratch after he took those two penalties. But put yourself in Tony D'Angelo's shoes, because... There was an instance earlier in this game, and I know you got to control your emotions out there and you can't take stupid penalties. I get that. But there was an instance earlier in this game where the referee, I'm talking about opening night now, the referee called a penalty on Alexi Lafreniere. There was a delayed penalty, and then a player on the Islanders basically just whacked Tony D'Angelo across the hand with his stick, and D'Angelo was shaking his hand. This happened right in front of the referee. So D'Angelo's frustrated at that point, and then he gets called for, you know, it, it was a holding penalty later in the game, but you can understand the frustration. Like, you're going to call me for holding, but you're not going to call this guy for, you know, a tomahawk chop with his hockey stick across my hand. You know, you can understand the frustration. And then, of course, the unsportsman, like, conduct penalty. We don't know what Tony said to the referee or if it was just indeed being penalized for slamming the penalty door box. I mean, I don't know. Again, you got to control your emotions a little bit, but you can at least understand a little bit where his frustrations were coming from because the referees were awful on opening night. We're not going to open that can of worms again. I've said what I need to say about that. But then you look at some of the other Rangers on opening night. Uh, Jack Johnson really had a bad first game with the Rangers. I thought he was better, of course, on Saturday. You know, he didn't really stand out, which as a defenseman is not always a bad thing. But Johnson really struggled on opening night. I thought Adam Fox had a horrible game on opening night. And I, you guys know, I'm 
one of the biggest Adam Fox fans that you'll ever talk to, but I got to call it like I see it. He had two really bad turnovers that basically led straight to a one-on-one between an Islander and Igor Shosturkin, and Shosturkin picked him up both times. He made the save in both instances, but Adam Fox really struggled on opening night. He was a heck of a lot better on Saturday as most Rangers were, but you get the point that I'm trying to make. Did Tony D'Angelo play a great game on Thursday? No, he did not, but very few Rangers did, so I just didn't like the idea of making him the healthy scratch, and it really makes you wonder what the Rangers are going to do going forward here because, okay, Tony D'Angelo's a healthy scratch. The Rangers go out and they beat the same team that beat them 4 nothing opening night. They now deal them a 5 to nothing loss. So are you really going to mess with the lineup going forward? I mean, I don't know what message that would send. You certainly can't pull Brennan Smith off the ice because he was fantastic. And again, we're just scratching the surface of, of how well he played in this game and the impact that he made on this game. And we're going to get to all that. I, I know I keep saying that, but there's so much to talk about right now with this Ranger team. Just two games into the season, we've got a cavernous valley and a Everest-like mountaintop. But it'll be interesting to see how the Rangers handle this going forward because, I mean, I can't see a scenario where you keep Tony D'Angelo as a healthy scratch just over and over and over again. But I also can't pull Brennan Smith out of the lineup after the way he played on Saturday. I would imagine maybe the next time that a move is made, maybe Jack Johnson comes out of the lineup and you have Brandon Smith and Tony D'Angelo both active. Uh, we'll see how they look to play it. Only time's going to tell there. But uh, yeah, clearly uh, better days ahead for Tony D'Angelo. And you just hope that before long, they can work him back into the lineup. We'll see how they handle that on Tuesday against the Devils. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Just wanted to tell you guys about Locked On NHL. Do not miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's go ahead and kind of just put a bow on this excellent performance by the Rangers. We'll talk about some of the goals. We'll get to the goals in just a second here. I just wanted to point out, I think David Quinn might listen to this podcast because the fourth line for the Rangers actually started this game, and this was something that I floated after uh, Thursday's just bad performance. There's really no other way to say it, but I really like the way that the fourth line played in that game, and sure enough, to start the game here on Saturday, you had Brandon Lemieux, Brett Howden, and Julian Gauthier. Now, obviously, uh, Gauthier was not on the fourth line on Thursday, but I thought he did play well, and uh, Kevin Rooney's out of the lineup due to an injury, but yeah, it was nice to see these guys uh, rewarded for their play. I mean, look, it's not that important as far as which team starts a game. It's not as important as it is, you know, being in the starting lineup in basketball or football, or baseball, or anything like that, but you can set a tone right from the opening faceoff. so I, I love to see that the fourth liners were out there uh, to start this game for the Rangers. But let's go ahead, talk about some of these goals that the Rangers scored. First of all,
all, it was just awesome that they broke through on the scoreboard early in this game. When you're coming off of a shutout, I just think it's that much more important to make a statement early in the game. And, you know, this is the same Islander team that just obliterated them on opening night. So Rangers answering back really nice here. Just an excellent play by Mika Zibanejad in the neutral zone. He steals the puck. He moves in up the boards on the right side, passes to his left. Pavel Buchnevich has the puck, and he scores. I mean, basically, Sorokin, who was making his first start, he was moving to his right on the play, and Buchnevich kind of shot it back to his left. So the Rangers go up one nothing, just 2-12 into the game. And again, just big to get an early goal when you're coming off of a shutout, especially when you're playing the same team that just shut you out. Send an early message. Now, I should also mention, obviously, Semyon Varlamov for the Islanders was injured during warmups, and maybe that deflated the Islanders a little bit. Maybe that's why they looked a little bit flat in this game, and obviously we don't want anybody to get hurt, and all the best to Semyon Varlamov. Hopefully he's okay going forward. But by that same token, Rangers aren't going to feel sorry for the Islanders, just like the Islanders aren't going to feel sorry for the Rangers if anything happens to one of the Ranger goalies uh, during pregame warmups. So you got to take advantage of this situation, and if the Islanders are a little bit flat-footed, uh, you got to use that to your advantage, and you got to come out, start hot, establish a tone early in the game, and that's what the Rangers did uh, with this early goal here. The Rangers did take a penalty very early in this game, just 4.50 into the game, and it was a unnecessary slashing penalty taken by Chris Kreider. And it's unfortunate, you know, you got to stay away from these penalties. The Rangers, again, spent too much time in the penalty box. They kind of got away with it on this night, obviously, because the penalty kill played well, and Alex Georgiev was fantastic. But you got to stay away from these penalties. I always joke that I want the Rangers to just get five minutes into the game without taking a penalty. And we almost did it. We got to 450 in this game. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't quite get there. So we're 0 for 2 on the season, but we'll try again against the Devils on Tuesday. We'll see what happens there. But like I said, the Rangers kill it off. Zibanejad, Buchnevich, Truba Smith. But let's continue to run through uh, just kind of the uh, the gauntlet here as far as the Ranger goals are concerned. So this was maybe the play of the night by Brendan Smith. Rangers are still just up one to nothing at this point. The Islanders have an open man in front of the net. I mean, wide open, there's nobody near him. Uh, and Brendan Smith lowers his stick to the ice, kind of goes down to block the pass. And that was a great enough play in and of itself. But then Brendan Smith, which is a beautiful pass right through the neutral zone. He hits Artemi Panarin in stride, springs Panarin on the breakaway. Panarin takes care of the rest. He shoots underneath the glove of Sorokin. And Steve Valakett, between periods, I thought had an excellent explanation as far as what happened on this play. There's a lot of goalies in this league who are starting to cheat with their glove hand a little bit. They're starting to kind of raise it, especially when they're one-on-one, -on -one, because they think everybody's going to go top shelf. And now there's almost been kind of like an adjustment from the skaters where they see that. They see the glove starting to go up, and they're shooting underneath the glove. And that's what Artemi Panarin did here, giving the Rangers a 2-0 lead in the first period. Let's keep running through the goals here because why not? The Rangers make it 3 to nothing about six minutes into the second period. Pavel Buchnevich gets his second goal of the night. It was actually right after a Ranger power play had expired, but Mayfield for the Islanders is unable to handle the puck and uh, kind of bumps into a linesman. So Buchnevich, it goes down as, a, as an unassisted goal, but maybe give an assist to the linesman here because he got in Mayfield's way. But credit to Buchnevich. He read the play. He saw an opening here. He goes in. He gets the puck. He shoots from kind of a tough angle, draws iron, and scores, makes it 3 to nothing. And then later in the second period, this is what I thought was maybe the Rangers' best goal of the night. It was the Heedle, Philip DiGiuseppe, Capo Caco line. Capo Caco ends up scoring, and this makes it 4 to nothing Rangers with about 4.30 left in the second period. But basically what happened, the puck is in the neutral zone, not too far away from the Islander blue line. And Philip Heedle and Phil DiGiuseppe kind of team up to force a turnover here. And Heedle... Comes away with the puck. He passes to the center of the ice to Phil DiGiuseppe. And DiGiuseppe, it looks like he's going to shoot because he's in the high slot. He's got his momentum going forward. I mean, you figure he's just going to let it rip, but he sees Capo Caco to his right. And instead, very selfless play by DiGiuseppe here, passes to his right, and Caco just buries it and uh, just kind of let out a cry after he, he scored the goal there because, you know, looking at Caco on the bench, 
man, it looks like the weight of the world just kind of fell off his shoulders after he scored this goal because he did not have a good opening night. I think the same can be said for a lot of Rangers. Again, I cannot emphasize that point enough. It's not like just one or two Rangers had a bad opening night, and that's why they lost the game. Uh, they lost as a team. Nobody played well. It is what it is. But Capo Caco on the bench uh, just looked very relaxed, uh, just looked like a like I said, the weight of the world just fell off his shoulders. Uh, Phil DiGiuseppe was there kind of talking to him and, you know, pumping him up a little bit. So very cool to see Capo Caco get his first goal of the season. Again, he was demoted, and it's got to sting a little bit to have a chance to be in a top six role, have a chance to play with Ryan Stroman, Artemi Panarin, and immediately have that taken away from you after just one game. But he comes through with a goal here, uh, makes it four to nothing. And then this was really cool too. When the Rangers were going off to the locker room between the second and third period, you could see Alexi Lafreniere went over to Kako and kind of like, you know, pat him on the back, kind of, you know, hit his shoulder pads and kind of displaying those traits. You know, there's a lot of people who think Alexi Lafreniere could be this team's captain of the future. And I think the longer the Rangers go without naming a captain, the more signs point to that. But that's on display right here, that leadership. I mean, he's the guy who took Capo Caco's spot, and he makes it a point to go over to him and, and, you know, congratulate him for his goal there as they're going off the ice. So that was awesome to see. And then in the third period, the Rangers finally break through on the power play. This happened after there was a dust-up between Lindgren and Johnson. Johnson ends up getting a double minor and a 10-minute misconduct. No penalty for Ryan Lindgren on the play. So the Rangers have a four-minute power play, and I know it's 4 nothing. I know they've got this game well in hand. There's only about four minutes and change left in the game at this point anyway. But you really, first of all, you want to make Johnson pay for what he just did. And secondly, you want to see the Rangers get a power play goal because I don't think they've been terrible on the power play, but the fact remains the same. Uh, they had not scored to this point on the power play, but they break through here. Uh, there's a play where Buchnevich takes a shot from the right faceoff circle, looking for a hat trick. You know, if that puck goes in, Pavel Buchnevich has a hat trick. It does not go in. The save is made. Fox is there for the rebound, and he just taps it right to his left tower, Temi Panarin, and Panarin's not going to miss this. He stuffs it home from in deep. 5 nothing, and that's indeed your final score. So uh, just an awesome night. And Alex Georgiev, you know, we barely talked about him, but he was really, really sharp for the Rangers in this game. Uh, he made a couple of saves when it was still one to nothing that were big time because there was a deflection or two where it looked like the Islanders might get the equalizer, and if that happens, who's to say how the rest of this game unfolds? But Georgiev would not let the puck get by him. He was really, really sharp in net for the Rangers in this game, and I think that we might see him again on Tuesday night against the Devils. I do not believe the Rangers have announced a starting goalie, and as far as how this kind of alters the goalie dynamic between Georgiev and Shesterkin, look, I still think Shesterkin, I'm not going to change my mind after just one game by each goalie. I think Shesterkin at the end of the season ends up leading the Rangers in games started. I think he is still kind of the franchise goalie moving forward. We'll see how it goes, but fair is fair here. You got to acknowledge the fact that round one clearly goes to Alex Georgiev. Uh, Shesterkin let in one or two that I'm sure he would like to have back on opening night, and then Alex Georgiev pitches a 23-save shutout, and yeah, of course, it helps that every single player on the New York Rangers played better on Saturday than they did on Thursday. He got a heck of a lot more help than Shesterkin did. I thought every single Ranger defenseman played better on Saturday than they did on Thursday. But be that as it may, a 23-save shutout is a 23-save shutout. And for Alex Georgiev to kind of shoulder the load, you know, there were a lot of questions surrounding this Ranger team after just one game. And I know that a lot of us in the media and a lot of us fans, maybe we overreact a little bit to some of these things, but there were some legitimate questions like, man, what is going on? Because you just can't explain a flat performance on an opening night against the New York Islanders at home in Madison Square Garden. I know there's no fans, but 
the Rangers were flat on opening night, and that just makes you scratch your head a little bit. But, man, did they bounce back here. And uh, Alex, you were gave a key, key part of that in making sure that the Rangers walked away with two points here, salvaged the split against the Islanders, and are now feeling good heading into Tuesday's game against the New Jersey Devils. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.